Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. My guest today is Bobby Palmer from datelikeagrownup.com. Uh, I, I usually give the very personalized one, but I'm, I'm going to be reading the official bio, but uh, it, it will not begin to do her justice until you get to hear her speak. She's the founder of Date Like a Grown-Up, an internationally recognized authority who guides over 40 women to a life filled with passion, peace, and lasting partnership that comes from a, creating a loving grown-up relationship. Fed up with being single and determined to succeed in her romantic life as she did in the rest of her life, Bobby finally figured out the love thing and became a first-time bride at age 47. Now joyfully married, she walks her talk every day. She helps women do what she did, learn how to love and be loved by a good man. With Bobby as your guide, you receive the compassion of a woman who has firsthand experience of how you feel being single at this time of your life, along with the skill of a highly successful adult educator. As she says, there's nothing wrong with you. There are just some things you don't yet know. Bobby's been featured on the Today Show, Huffington Post, NPR, Women's World Magazine, MASH.com, AARP, eHarmony, and numerous other TV, radio, and print outlets. You can reach her at bobbyp at datelikeagrownup.com. Enough with the formalities, Miss Bobby. Right? That didn't seem so long when it's in writing. Uh, and I read really fast, but, but pretty, pretty darn impressive for people who don't know who you are. I haven't seen you since we had lunch in Santa Monica. I know. Um, from what I can see on Facebook, you and Larry seem good. We're great. Okay. I, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, my sort of rock, right? My stability. Don't, isn't that how you feel with Bridget? It's like, no matter, with all this craziness that's going on in the world, we won't talk about that on air. Um, it's, it's the stable, lovely thing in my life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's, uh, it's, it's underrated. Right? Stability is highly underrated. Yes. So, Shit goes wrong elsewhere, and you just need an anchor to hold on to. Mm -hmm. I say, uh, land. Yes, yes. So uh, I, I said, I said before uh, I, the, the tease for last from last week's podcast was, I'm pretty sure Bobby and I are going to agree on everything. So there might not be fireworks. We <laughs> oh. Agree on everything. I think we could handle that. I think okay. we could do the fireworks thing. Let's do. It. Let's try. Uh, I did. I, I had fireworks with one with one guest who's a, a mutual friend, and uh, I. I, I felt bad about it, even though I I, uh, I still maintain my position. I feel bad about the perception of two uh, people fighting. It's like two people fighting politics at a New Year's Eve party, which is something I also did this year. <laughs> the optics on it aren't very good, even if you believe in your position. So That's right. Well, you should have done what I did, Evan, and just partied with people who agreed with everything you think. And then <laughs> and it's just... It's in the bubble? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you, I think I know who you're talking about. By the way, it might be a gentleman that we know. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's, I'm not it, gonna. It was great. It was great. It was entertaining. Good. Well, it's good to get different perspectives. Um, I, and if I you agree. agree. Just I'll be right. And, and not all perspectives are created equal. No. So, um, would you be kind enough to give me the 90 second version of how you got into this kind of work? I mean, your bio hinted at it, but. How did you go from 47 and single to uh, being the Pied Piper of middle-aged women, getting them into the relationship of their dreams? Well, I, uh, yes, I, you know, I, so I was single like 30 years, right? Thinking from the time I was like 17 um, on, and I, I won't go through all of the, you know, ups and downs. I think everyone that would be listening or watching, are, they're familiar, but I did it all. 
you know, great expectations, newspaper ads, therapy here and there. Um, you know, when I hit my mid forties, I finally, I finally realized that I just had it. I, I mean, my life was good. I was tired of that. I was tired of that lingering sadness, you know, that idea that there's just something missing. And like you said, Evan, having this partnership and that stability is so underrated. So um, what I can see now is that when you don't know how good it can be, it's easy. It's easier to kind of put it off. And I did that for decades, all the excuses. But what you chose to do in your mid forties, and I'll let you obviously get to the rest of your bio is where other people quit. You turn some, you turned a switch. I absolutely turned a switch. I, I, I can't say there was like this moment when I woke up one morning and said, I want love, but it was, um, it was that lingering sadness that I uh, finally went to therapy about. And in therapy, my therapist helped me realize that what I was missing was the love of a man that it was, it wasn't about my mother though. You know, that was always a big part of it. But I had to admit it. I literally, like I have to do with women that I coach, I literally had to like have it pulled out of me um, against my will almost that, damn it, I wanted this. Like unapologetically, fearlessly, I, can I cuss? I fucking want this. And not only do I want it, here's the scary word, I need it. And so, uh, again, I, I want to add to your narrative, right, without derailing it. That, that admission rubs some people the wrong way, right? You, you, you know this, but I'm calling attention to anybody who's, who's listening, who's thinking, uh, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need a man. I've, I'm successful. I'm independent. I'm, I, I'm a happy person. It almost feels like a, a weakness or a capitulation to say, yeah, but you could, you could be happier. Like there's more to life than this. And it's not a judgment against you. Or saying, hey, this, I'm going to be a successful career woman. That, that's, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's knowing that there is more, and it's not bad or weak to want or need love. It may not be food, water, shelter, but it's right there beneath. Right there beneath. And, uh, and what happens is, and this is very true, especially at this time, at this time in history, there's this kind of perfect storm for women like myself and, and, you know, boomers, as we might call it. There's this perfect storm of uh, most of us growing up through a time going, like starting with our parents of the 50s and all that stuff that came with it and how we were raised. Um, for girls, you know, be nice, be invisible, please everybody, you know, grow up, get married. And then we went through the women's movement and then we went through fighting you assholes at work all the time and that not you, but I'll take then, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can call worse. And then, so this idea that, and that's sort of what came out of the women's movement too. I think, um, unfortunately is this like, if you need a man, you're weak, you're less than you shouldn't, you know, a man, you know, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, which was attributed to Gloria Steinem, but she didn't say that. Um, so here we are now at, you know, 50, 60, I've got 75 year old women who I'm working with who are saying, you know what? I, I kind of want this. Like I need, you're right. Like don't tell anyone, but I need this. And um, my stand is what I, that was my epiphany. Number one, you have to 
admit to yourself and anyone else that you need this to be happy because if you don't put that that line in the sand you've always giving you're always giving yourself excuses not to really really go for it and to keep that wall up so uh, it's it's a challenge because we've learned so much along the way that we shouldn't need this and it's a sh it's shameful to some women it's truly they feel shame that they have all that great stuff you talked about and still want more still want that man thing I uh, I want to want to bring this back to you so you realized I need this what action do you take so that was epiphany number one I need this I, I, I need it so the action I took was after my kind of that was a big aha right okay now what do I do? What do I have to do? So I did the, I stayed with therapy. I mean, back then there weren't people like us, right? That were helping women. So I stayed with therapy. The next thing that was life-changing is it was all about me, right? It's, I mean, and I talk about this in my, in my, uh, in my ebook, it was all about me. All this, the only commonality throughout these 30 years of all is these ups and downs and experiences was about me. So the next thing I did was like, okay, step, next step is work on me, look inside and stop blaming men and stop blaming the, you know, how fat my thighs were and stop blaming, you know, that they just wanted younger chicks. Cause by then I was 45 um, and start looking at me. And then when I did that, what did you figure out? I figured out that um, I walked around with what I call my wall of I dare you that Sounds very landmark. Is it landmark? No, I, I've never, they wouldn't take me because I uh, was on Prozac, I think, 15 years ago when I tried to get in there. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it sounds, uh, landmark is actually really great, but it, 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 it holds up a mirror to you and forces you to see what everybody else sees. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, we don't want to do that. I mean, right? Who wants to say it's my fault? But what I found was the power in saying, this is my fault. Like I put myself in this position in my life. It's not all, you know, all these other things I've been blaming. And what that did is what I, what, what my therapist, I, I just want to call her Anne because I love her. What Anne helped me realize was that's my power. That's my strength. I can't change all the men. Shit. If it were all the men, what the hell would I do? I'd have to, I don't know, go to another planet, become a lesbian. Yes. Can't change men. You can't change where we live uh, in California. It's, uh, all those things, you can't change match.com. So at the end of any personal growth jury, the world remains the same and adjust to how the world works. And you and I, that's obviously what we both do and is really focus on what's here and what's in your heart and how is that expressing itself. And that's, that was my the beginning of a really wonderful journey for me. And I'll tell you something after these, you know, these two things, I need the love of a man to be happy because I had all that other stuff. I had a great life. Um, and it's all about me. The rest of it was pretty easy, relatively, <laughs> you know, the rest of it was learning new information and new skills and being, you know, courageous in creating new, you know, new experience creates new truth. Right. So in just being able to go out there and um, and do it. And it, let's talk about it. It is being yourself. It is showing up as your best self. 
And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Evan, I, what my therapist, um, Anne, her, her big, my, I did have a moment in my, it's all about me. She said, um, do you want me to tell you how I, how, and I've been working with her then for quite some time. Do you want me to tell you how, what I thought about you the first like couple months we worked together? <laughs> okay. Um, she says, you came in, you had all, you know, everything was great. Your life was good. You know, your mother was like this and your, your, this was like that. And you had this problem and you're, but you were great. Everything was good. You had it handled and why you were here. I didn't know, you know, the story, right? Uh, I know. I, well, I mean, with I, 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 I kind of know where you're headed because yeah. it's very common. But yeah, please so finish up. And and she's and that was the wall of my dairy, right? And she said, and I realized when I showed up with men on dates, I was like, um, oh, I'm sorry. It was always like this. I was always late. I'm sorry, I'm late. I've just you know, I just I'm working on this million dollar project, and I've just come back from London. And I'm doing this training and blah, blah. Get it all together. I got it all together. Completely invulnerable. I don't need you. I don't need, right? I don't need you, which to a man, you might as well just just castrate him. <laughs> and uh, she said, what if you, this is the big question. What if you had a friend, she asked me, and your friend never needed you? Never needed anything from you. She was always fine. Yeah, that's great. That's a good question, right? And I asked that, of course, of you know my clients all the time and when you think of it that's not a friend that's an acquaintance that's but that's not somebody that gets into your heart yeah that was a huge aha that's great i'm really glad you shared that that's a, that's an aha for me too what does it mean to date like a grown-up so i have three principles of dating like a grown-up principle number one is balance your head and your heart number two is show kindness to yourself and the men you meet. I think kindness and compassion is a key. And number three is take responsibility for your actions and outcomes. Just like we were just talking about, right? Take responsibility and own it so you can make it the best it can be. Well, what if guys are just jerks? Um, that's okay, that's about them. It doesn't mean that you have to react and respond, but what, what, what happens is we come with so much junk um, and by we, I mean, especially women, you know, of a certain age who, who spent years, maybe decades at this, we come with so much, um, so many beliefs, false beliefs, limiting beliefs, especially about men that are based on, you know, what like, like Mike did to you in the, you know, when you were in high school, that a lot of times we think men are being jerks and they're not, they're just being men. And so we don't. We, as you know, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, we're now we're going to take a tangent. That's good. I okay. like this tangent. From, from the original question, because you, you've given your, your uh, Bobby Palmer date, like a grown up personal bullet point ethos. I swear to do these things as, you know, as a, as your client, but how can, and, and, and again, I have an answer, but I'm going to try to step out of the way. How can a woman distinguish between when a guy is being a jerk and when a guy is just being a man? Well, the key is learning about men. The key is truly doing what you help women do, and, and, and I, um, learning about men and not expecting men to act like you or act like women. And you know, the, the queen of, of um, I think, uh, Alison Armstrong says, you know, men are not hairy women. 
I've, I've quoted that before. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's great. I, I couldn't say it better. So, uh, but there is that expectation. Yes. Right? Yes. That, well, I wouldn't do what he did. Therefore he must be wrong. Mm -hmm. Just he's, he's different. He has a different worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever he did, certainly if he's your boyfriend, wasn't malicious because your boyfriend has no interest in hurting you. Right. If anything, uh, he just has a different perspective or is clueless about how you felt hurt by it. That's usually the case is I was, I think I got this from my wife. Um, you should always assume that assume the best of the guy you're with instead of assuming the worst of him. Cause if he's your boyfriend, he wants to please you. Right. The last thing a guy wants to do is be the cause of your tears. That's right. Right. And it's, and I find in, uh, that's a really important thing in relationship and in my marriage um, intention is really important, really paying attention, to really being mindful, I should say, of intention. So when you get that zing, right, when you feel that, Ugh, like, you know, he just did this to me, um, it's, you know, taking a few deep breaths and really having a quick conversation with yourself. Did he just do something to you? Is he just acting like who he is? And if so, what's his intention? And if you're with somebody that you have a good relationship with, the intention's always good. It just may not come out that way or you may not be processing it that way. And that's what keeps you from that knee jerk, right? That, cause you're triggered, oh, he hurt me, right? You get that trigger, that's a time to know to really stop and think about what the reality is. And uh, then comes the communication skills, right? The, being able to have a conversation about what what was really meant. But, so how do you tell if a guy's being a jerk? Uh, I mean, we all have our own way, but in, in my world, um, again, if you can assume good intention, then he's either just being, a, he's acting like a jerk, which doesn't mean he is a jerk. He's doing something really dumb or klutzy because really good guys do really stupid things. Just like, oh, by the way, women do. <laughs> we all thanks, do. Thanks for bringing that up. I yeah. didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, better for me. I mean, that's the thing. We all do this. I, women complain all the time about, I know, we don't have to take this turn, but example, women complain all the time about men. All they do is look at pictures. All they do is look at pictures. Well, I go man shopping with my clients. I sit in line with them and look at profiles. What do you think they do first? Look at the pictures. So again, it's taking online dating is great at ex exposing hypocrisy. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think what it also exposes is is insecurity, right? I mean, because that a lot of that comes from um, what I was doing. You know, pointing the finger out, saying they're doing, and that's sort of that victim kind of. We're getting off, and can we have like three hours to do this? Uh, but anyway, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's we're all experts in the compromises we have to make as we go through the world, the things we have to trade off on, okay, he's not as tall as I hope, he doesn't make as much money as I hope, he's not as young as I hope. Mm -hmm. We're all conscious of the trade-offs we make. We seem to ignore the compromises that other people have to make to accommodate us. And I think that's, that's, a, that's an important thing that doesn't get said very often. I, I think you're right. And I believe that a lot of times the, the men and women both that that neglect to see that it's not that they're not mindful, compassionate people. 
it's just this man woman sort of um, they are the enemy thing or that wall that's the wall of I dare you that's the I'm so afraid of being hurt like I freaking dare you to hurt me and if you're gonna do it I'm gonna get you first because that's how I protect myself so a lot of this and it's not not even conscious which makes it hard it's not it's just you get triggered and you know a guy yeah you get triggered and that consciousness that balance of head and heart that's part of that piece of dating like a grown-up is uh, that is not just feeling your feelings um, but really being able to process them and understand them and then make good decisions bring you're your not being completely ruled by your feelings right. Right? because just because you feel something doesn't mean it's 100% true accurate uh, and reflective of everybody's worldview and experience yeah, um, I, I recall, and this is, this is stupid and embarrassing, but I remember I was dating my wife and she had a pedicure and she chipped her toenail polish and she started to cry. And I was like, what, what, what are you crying? I mean, I mean, you don't cry at anything, right? We've been through some stuff. I've never seen you cry. And you're crying about toenail polish, which is the absolute wrong thing for me to, to say, right? But it was, it was the point of that anecdote was to reflect, oh, my reality, I might not cry about toenail polish. Right. But for her, for whatever reason, this was a big deal. And I need to respect the fact that it was a big deal, right? So it, it's really like stepping outside yourself and say, well, would I react that way? No, but so what? <laughs> Right. This is another human being with a, who, a different set of priorities and a different worldview and different experience. And if everything turned out to be that drama, it would be, it would be really messy. But as it turns out, my wife cares a lot about how she looks. And uh, I don't know, I guess we were going somewhere where she needed open toe shoes and it was, it's a change. And it was, again, to this day, I don't quite get it, but I respect it. Yes. Uh, yes. You don't have to. It's, I, I get it. Okay. That's, that's the point is, is, is yeah. women, did you understand where your guy's coming from without making him into the guy who's wrong, into the enemy, other. he's just another human being trying to navigate his way through, you know, day-to-day grind and find someone who loves him and appreciates him. That's, that's right. most men. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and a lot of the, that kind of reaction is again, this comes from people, from men and women who are really kind, compassionate people with their friends. They would generally always sit back and go, whoa, what's going on with them? I wanna understand them, I wanna work this out. But somehow with the opposite sex, because of all this like junk we have layered on and, and our insecurities and our past rejections and all, you know, blah, blah, our old stories, we get that, that, that thing, that trigger, and we just, and we, I used to just react like blink, like you said, totally unconscious, like blinking, like you're trying to hurt me. And the, the key is dating like a grown up is being aware and working on all that past stuff. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away, but you can use your, your smarts, your compassion, your, you know, good intentions. And most of all, your, idea that you you deserve to be happy and because it's not just kind to him it's kind to yourself 
to work on these kind of things. And that was something that I learned um, early on too, that made huge changes. That wall of I dare you, that was supposedly keeping me safe, um, was not only unkind to men, it was unkind to myself. Yes, you were preventing yourself. You put up a wall that you dared people to climb. Nobody climbed it, so you could never find love. Yeah, and you know how it is, Evan. It's like, the guy who climbs my wall, he'll be the one, right? And no grown-up man, uh, by grown-up man, I always mean good man. Yeah. He's not climbing a wall. He's yeah. going, he, I have a metaphor in love you. He, he, goes, he goes to the open house with the chocolate chip cookie smell and the music playing inside, right? It's just a much easier journey than have to scale someone's 10-foot wall because other guys have sucked. I'd love to talk about that, that tension between, and I see it all the time, we always have to navigate it, between letting down that wall, right, and being vulnerable, right, and protecting oneself from a mistake because that's people, people see it as a black and white issue and it's not a black and white issue and I think it often leaves people confused. So how do you help people navigate that, Bobby? You learn to trust yourself. It's really what it's about. Um, like you said, there's this mistrust of men. The mistrust is really about yourself and about making good choices. Because if you, I think if, if we really trusted that um, we would make good decisions and that we would take care of ourselves and um, that we would do the right thing, um, then the fear of what everyone else is going to do dissipates because they can do what they are going to do. It's about how you handle it. So that fear of being a doormat, boy, I get that. Like, you know, I mean, I had such a fear of falling in love because I would just lose myself, right? That's it. We were afraid of losing ourselves. That wasn't about any other man. That was about me allowing myself to do that. So when, when you have the tools and the skills to really understand what makes you happy. And this is, I have a six step system. These are the first three steps of my system. Art is all the internal work and it's all about really understanding the value that you have as a woman in the world and with men and understanding what all your stories are and what triggers you and how you respond and working on, on making that positive and turning them into positive stories. Give me What's up? Can you give me an example of uh, the stories? One, one woman, one story, you know, anonymously, but one woman, one story, which she had to overcome her previous biases to find the relationship she was looking for. Oh sure, um, gosh, um, I have. There's a particular client that I had. Actually, um, this is a a good one. I had a particular client who um, was, as she said, it fluffy. She was 47 years old. She actually called me and said, or 46, and she actually said, I want to work with you now so I can get married before you did at 47. Um, anyway, she, fluffy. She was, you know, a large woman. She had a very powerful career um, in, a, in um, she's an attorney and had a very powerful career. Um, she actually prosecuted rape and murder cases. This is, a, this is a bold woman. And she had pretty much been single since college. And the last experience, the last experience she had with a man, he told her he, she was too fat and he'd never end up staying with her. So, of course, her stories were um, men don't want fat women, so men don't want a woman like me. 
Her stories were men don't want powerful, smart women. So men don't want a woman like me. Right. And it, and it ultimately, you know, ends up being, it's just not in the cards. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not that her experience is invalid, right? There is a core of truth to that. It's just not the whole truth. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even though, um, so anyway, so going through, for instance, my steps and especially going, going through step one, falling in love with your grown up sexy self. And I put sexy in there, especially for women like this, who don't value themselves as in, as an attractive, de um, desirable woman, um, going through that and really starting to understand that you're more than your body or you're more than what you look like, or you're more than whatever it is you've got in your head. That's not desirable to men and really, um, embracing your, how special you are. And part of that work is also looking around in the world and getting, like you said, the real truth that not every woman who has a man who loves her is skinny and tall and, you know, right. Or the most popular girl in the room isn't the one who's the most gorgeous. She's the one who's most open. The one, like you said, has that open house. Um, so it's learning, it's, it's learning new perspectives, then going through the stories and ultimately what it leads to is that courage and trying new experience. So for her, she learned the um, process of how do you take that story, turn it into something positive, have that grown up sort of bring your best self to, to that trigger when it comes and had the courage to start going out in the world of men. And she, first thing she did of was she joined a meetup for poker players and it was all men. And she had never played poker. So what a better opportunity to say, could you help, you know, could you help me? And truly she wanted to learn. That was a huge accomplishment of her. She was petrified and she started seeing and getting new experience and new truth because they loved her. They, she, she was magnificent. Anyway, it's, it's that kind of thing. And then what ha so you have to like start developing your new story, developing the skills to really understand where it came from. I mean, we knew where it came from. That guy in college that said, you're too fat, I'll never love you. Yeah, starter forever. Forever, forever. So um, long story um, shorter, uh, she's been married now like a few years. And, and, the, and the step three, I just have to tell you this one thing. Step three is who is he getting past my list? So here she is. She says, I want a cowboy or a policeman. I need a strong man. Yeah, no, that's the belief because she's a strong woman. So she needs a man who's stereotypically. Right. I need myself with a penis. Oh, that's mine. If that's yours? That's mine. <laughs> Maybe this is our source of conflict. Yeah, I've been saying that for 10 years. Yeah, I'm not you arrived at the same conclusion. Okay. So, um, but yeah, right. So she's like, I need a cowboy or policeman. What she needed was a really strong man. In my step three, she learned what a strong man really looks like. Sure. And this guy is... Um, not a cowboy or a policeman, I'm better. Which is shorter and kind of soft-spoken, but boy, you know, he's strong. And she's really happy. She's, she's very, I, I performed her wedding, actually. So that's the story of somebody that had a lot going against her. Mm -hmm. And she was petrified. I mean, uh, but. Yeah, that's a wonderful story. Uh, congratulations to you and to her. Uh, and it brings me to sort of my next question. Why focus solely on helping women over the age of 40? Uh, and do they, do they in fact have it tougher than younger women? Um, Cause I kind of have mixed feelings about that, but I'd love to hear how you tackle it. Yeah. Well, 
Uh, I focus on them because that's what I know. And that's what I, what I accomplished myself. And I also focus on them because I know the pain. I know the extra, this is the tougher, a lot of the part of the tougher part for them. When you're what, how, you know, over when you're 40, 50, 60 years old and either certainly have never been married, you know, we also, we, we think we women like me who would never been married, we think, well, at least if someone's divorced, some guy picked them, right? They were picked once. Um, but even, and then there's the women who are divorced and had really bad relationships. Um, there's a, there's a public shame to it. There's a, there's a feeling that's unique to women who are older that by now, if you haven't found someone to love you, there must be something wrong with you. And they believe it. And I think it, it, it also turns into a, uh, that same protective layer of defensiveness about it mm -hmm. right? where the, the, the easiest stance to adopt is, well, this is, this is my choice. I don't, I don't need a man. I'm perfectly happy. I've got my, my dog and I've got my friends and I've got my country house and right, it becomes very easy to self justify why you don't, you know, to, to deny that inner need because facing it means facing what could be perceived internally as your own failure, much less externally. It's just easier to pretend this is the way I want it. Yeah. And it's exactly what I did. Right. It's exactly like I described for, for decades. Um, and so, and it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it is self-fulfilling prophecy. So when you, um, so for, for women, of uh, older women, that's the one, that is one thing that makes it a lot tougher is sort of the stigma that's attached to it. And then how do you, how do you emotionally manage that stigma? Right. So do you, like you said, absolutely. Do you just walk around with that? Like, I don't need no stinking man. I, you know, screw them. Or if one comes along, it'll be great. But if not, because if I try really hard and it doesn't work, then I have nothing to blame. I, I have nowhere to go. Um, and so, it's why people don't sign up for coaching is because if, if they sign up for coaching and invest in themselves and they end up in X number of months without a boyfriend, well, then that's the ultimate in failure. When of course, as you know, that's not the ultimate in failure. You've made great progress by working with the coach. You can't unlearn the things that you've learned or those experiences, but people, people create these sort of arbitrary, if I don't have a boyfriend by the end of 2017, this whole year has been a failure. And that's not necessarily true. Let's say you had a relationship for six months and you decided he wasn't the one and you threw him back in the sea and started all over. That's a success. Oh yeah. And actually this, this uh, woman that I just told you about, she, you know, she hadn't had sex for a long time too, of course. She actually went online. She got tons of action. She found a guy within like a month, uh, really fell for him, slept with him, which was a big deal. And he dumped her, like dumped her. And obviously it was really tough for her, but she got through it and she didn't meet Ron. It was almost, it was about 18 months. So she got through that and she kept going, you know, she got the learning from it and she kept going and she met her husband. So, uh, so right. It's, it's that quitting, um, and giving up, um, or, and sometimes you don't do it blatantly, right? Sometimes you just do it here and it shows up in your actions, right? When you're like, well, you know, it'll be great if it happens. Well, you know what? If you're just like, Hey, there's people who say when you're not looking, that's when it comes. Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't I'm, 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 I'm with you. So what do you think is the biggest mistake that women in their forties and fifties end up making 
when it comes to dating and relationship? What's, what, what sort of stands out? Because maybe we could come up with a hundred things. What's sort of the, the, one of the, the main undercurrents that you find between your clients? Well, well, one is what is is the idea of not really committing to need to wanting it and needing it. Mm-hmm. Another really big mistake that we make is women with men. These you know women that like that uh, like you say strong and successful you know accomplished women. They're very independent and they're very competent. So a really big mistake we make, and this comes with not understanding men, is not allowing a man to enhance your life so right because when women talk to me they're like i just i'm so tired of doing it all alone i just wish i had somebody to help you know to help me and to to sort of hold me up when i need it and leave me alone when i don't and so um a really big mistake they make after years of being single um and doing it all themselves themselves is they don't really make space in their heart in their home in their life uh, for real partner Lori Gottlieb's book, uh, Marry Him. Yeah. Um, I remember a quote from that. I don't know if it's a quote from me or whatever, but she's, it was something to the effect of, you want your life exactly as it is with them, right? Just with a man dropped in. You don't want to change anything, reallocate time. I just want exactly what I have. The guy's going to sort of fit around me. Mm-hmm. And the man that you like and respect doesn't because he's got his own life. He's not just going to seamlessly bend around you and all of your whims. He's got his own rich, full, independent life as well. Right. There has to be some give and take. And the only guy that you're going to get is if you want to stay exactly you is going to be a guy who's probably a, an opinionless weakling. Mm-hmm. Yes, dear, whatever you say, dear, um, I have no friends. I have no job. I have no opinions. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the only person who, where your life doesn't have to change. Right, really sexy guy for us. You know, the person who says my best friend is my dog. Um, well, of course your best friend's your dog. Your dog's not going to talk back to you. That's right. I like dogs more than I like men. Well, yes, because men have their own independent things. They don't, they're not just going to do what you want because you're feeding them. Yeah. They'll do a lot of what you want because you're feeding them, but not everything. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always... And again, we could flip this thing around. We're both coaches for women. And if I coach men, we'd be having much the same conversation. I think it's important to say. I agree. Right? Yeah. People think, oh, we're, we're picking on women. We're not picking on women. We just happen to be coaches for women. But men have the exact same stuff where, where they, they get ground into, well, this is, you know, I'm divorced. This is how my life looks. And they don't make any accommodations to be good partners themselves. That's right. And they wonder why they're still alone and lonely. So it's not, this isn't gender specific, but I, I just felt the need to acknowledge that. I, I, I'm glad you did. And the other thing that's important in this equation is this idea of uh, when you, for women, to let a man enhance your life means um, allowing him to help you, right? Allowing him to add to your life. And, and the vast majority of women, and I, I'm guessing this is true of you, the vast majority of these women who are independent, um, the history they have with men is attracting narcissists and losers, like the guy like you just described, you know, selfish guys. Blah, blah. And what they, need to, what they need to understand, what you people here need to understand, women, is when you ask for nothing, that's what you get. You get nothing. And so the good men, the men who want to enhance your life, 
my husband, if I didn't learn to, uh, to be a good receiver, if I didn't learn that I needed to let him in and enhance my life, by the way, my life didn't, I had a great life. My life didn't change a ton. Um, it's, but it's so much better. Yeah. I don't spend Cause you're all, sharing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't spend all my time with my girlfriends, but I still spend a lot of Saturday. We're going out. I mean, it's, you marry the right guy and you get to live the life you want to live. Yeah. So, but, but Larry, he never would have picked me if I was still that, you know, I don't need no stinking man. You know, I just want to have fun with you. I don't need anything from you. gal. He, it wouldn't have made him feel like he was a man and like he was, you know, accomplishing something with me. Men, men want to feel needed. And that's something that is uh, important to, to be understood. In the same way you point out, everybody needs to feel needed, but somehow we forget that when it comes to dating. We're focused on what we want. I want him to be X, Y, and Z. And he has wants too. And his role in the world, he doesn't know what it is if you don't need him. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's a really big, that's a really big piece of, of our challenges at this time of life is sort of having this history behind us, all the stuff, all the stories, the independence, the, the kind of, you know, relationship with men that's been more adversarial. And so it creates this fear. And what opens it up, like I said, is doing this work in my first three, in first three steps is learning to trust yourself. So you know what, no matter what happens with men, no matter what they do to you, you trust that you're going to take care of yourself. And one other thing, Evan, that I think is really important. Sorry. Um, I get excited. The first thing I talk to, if, when, I set, when I talk to a woman about accepting her into my coaching, one thing I need her to uh, understand is that she needs to focus on herself and give herself permission to make it all about her. Because although, although generally these women are really successful and blah, blah, in business, they're still pleasers. They still grew up to be pleasers and they still grew up thinking in their teenage years that um, I need a man, you know, I, I want a man to like me and I'll twist, you know, like a pretzel to get it done and blah. And so when you can focus on making yourself happy first <clears throat> and you know what it is that makes you happy, not just that he's like taller than you or funny or has charisma, but he's stable. Uh, you know, he's a good man, blah, blah, the grown up stuff. And then you have the skills to, um, to understand how to make good decisions for yourself then you don't have to be afraid of men. You don't have to be afraid of dating. You don't have to be afraid of getting in a relationship because you'll screw it up or repeat old, you know, habits or any of that. Um, that's what changes women's lives. I like it. Uh, we're going to finish up this podcast with some discussions about middle-aged women, uh, the mistakes that they've made and the compromises that they've made to find happiness. So, it's, I always find it's easiest, not in a narcissistic way, it's just easiest to talk about oneself. You've, your story is not entirely different than mine. You and your husband are, are mismatched on paper, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, really, no one would say, oh, these two people are meant to be together for the rest of their lives. And yet you have a, a marriage which is a model for other women. How did you figure out how to compromise, how to accept him, and how to make that work? Uh you know, it's funny because the idea of compromise doesn't seem like something I did. Um, what, what happened was, and I talk again like about who is he getting past my list. My list 
wasn't about that stuff that is usually on paper. My list was about my list. I always work on feelings. What do you need to feel in order to be happy? And when I was, and when you're with a man in the moment, um, really focusing and really um, being open to feeling your feelings. So in terms of, did I compromise? Um, I didn't compromise. He just didn't look like my old list. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it does. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's a useful distinction for everybody. Uh, we, you and I say virtually the same things with different language. Um, <clears throat> but you said you're mismatched on paper. Yeah. Someone had a, <clears throat> a previous list that they've been spending their whole life chasing. Right. You got to throw out that list. So what was on that list that you didn't get here? Someone would call that compromise. Obviously, you're happy. Yeah. I say you compromise your way into happiness. So someone's going to think, I have to give something up to get something. Right. What can I give up? What did you give up to get happy? I gave up my old childish ideas of what happy looked like. I mean, which are, which are um, he has to be taller than me. He's got to be funny. You know, like, you know, he has to like entertain me. Charming. I always went for the, you know, the charmers, really smart. Um, you know, all that stuff that like, that makes a guy great on a date, but has no has no I'm, reference to how we'll be as a mate. You know? I, am, I am so with you, but I'm also going to respond for the women who are dying to respond to you. Okay, do. So you're saying that you're, go, you're, out, you're going out with a guy who's short and not smart and not charming and not funny? That sounds awful. That sounds boring and awful. Right, because right. that's, that's what people are yeah. hearing. Yeah. Right? But it's not, that's not the truth. So what's, yeah. what's the nuance? Because... You didn't, he's not, it's not that he's not those things. Right. right. He's just not in the top 5% of those things. Right. And he's not, that's not um, his, uh, he doesn't lead with that. Right. The guys that lead with that are the guys that are the good dates. Right. They're it's not. A good show. So um, there are the shiny guys. I call them the shiny guys. So we all like the shiny guys. So here's the difference. The difference is, um, well, here's a better, better way to help them understand. My list included feelings of being safe, being valued, being heard, being understood, being number one. I needed that. I've never had that in my life ever until I met him. Um, so those are examples. So my list wasn't physical attributes or what, how, what education was. It was all about feelings. And when I was with him, I felt those feelings. And on paper... Um, I'm a valley girl. I was 47 years old, had never been married, no kids. He was a Midwestern guy, used to have a pig farm, has two kids, four grandchildren, been married twice. Right? Who knew? But the feeling that I had with him was exactly how I wanted to feel. And I always say if he had his list and I, he, if he had his way and I had my way, I, he would be about three inches taller and about a million dollars, you know, a few million dollars richer. And I would be about 40 pounds thinner and few million dollars richer. That's kind of what we gave up. Uh, to get happy. Yeah. Um, I love how your stuff uh, coincides with mine. I mean, yeah. you're saying things that are the central core points of my signature love you program, right? I mean, your, your list, I say in my program, safe, heard, and understood. We're really talking about a feeling, not an attribute. And I just think I, I'm always astounded when I talk to other experts and coaches who give 
uh, amazing advice from a different perspective. We've never talked about this, and we still, we still land in, this, in the very same place. So yeah. uh, thank, thank you. It's, it's very encouraging and inspiring and validating uh, to, to, to see someone else who's had, who's had such great personal and professional success teaching the same ideas. Thank you. And you know I love your work, Evan. So, you know, um, we're lucky to do what we do. I agree. I agree. Um, speaking of luck, uh, what, what do we have to give away to our lucky listeners of today's Love You podcast? Um, this is your opportunity to, to tell people how they could find you, become your fan, sign up to get advice from your website, give away a free offer. The floor is yours. So I have, um, what I want to give them is, I want to give them a, an opportunity to go ahead and shed some, start shedding these layers of stories that are getting in your way, right? So I have a program called Dump Your Love Junk. Start a new feeling refreshed, optimistic, and ready for love. And it's a seven-day e-course. So this is about me guiding you through beginning to, again, change your stories and really start being able to open your heart and open your mind to the, the wonderful opportunity of, of being love and of loving, which can be just as scary. So um, go to datelikeagrownup.com slash love junk l-o-v-e-j-u-n-k does that sound nasty love junk uh, <laughs> yes it does <laughs> it does um so dailykickgrownup.com slash love junk and i have a special offer for you it's 27 dollars, but i have a special offer just for people who are here with evan and, and myself so in the coupon field just put in the, the word evan and you oh it's all about you and um, I want to offer this program to you uh, for free as a gift. Dude, nice. Yeah, it's a great. I, I didn't even see that coming. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, your, you know, your listeners, I mean, they're here and they're, they're committed to learning and committed to growing. And there is so much value. I mean, it's, it's like my first couple of steps, you know, if that opens up all the possibilities. So you and I both, we're just, that's, that's great. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I trust you, and that's why you're here, and I'm sure they're in good hands if they, they take your free e-course. So thank you so much for being my guest on the Love You podcast. Um, uh, great. I, I, again, I'm very, just very grateful to have friends like you in the world who are doing great work. Um, uh, my name is Evan Marquez. This is the Love You podcast. Next week, we're talking about what you should expect on Valentine's Day. It's about that time of year. So be sure and ask your question on my website about setting realistic expectations for your boyfriend on this Hallmark holiday. Uh, you can do that by going to evanmarkcats.com forward slash podcast guest to see upcoming topics and ask me your most pressing questions. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter at evanmarkcats. And finally, uh, you get the most free advice by giving me your name and email address at uh, evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email, and I will send you free dating and relationship advice until you don't need dating and relationship advice and you get the love you deserve. So thank you so much. Thank you to Bobby, and I will see you again next week on the Love You Podcast.